0: Support for One Book, One Northwestern, the podcast, is provided by the Medill School of Journalism, Media, Integrated Marketing Communications, the Weinberg College of Arts and Sciences, and One Book, One Northwestern. Welcome back to One Book, One Northwestern, the podcast. This time around, producers Bailey Picard, Maggie Galloway, and Madison Donley present real-life stories of judging and being judged. Here we go.
1: And welcome to the One Book Northwestern podcast. Today we're talking about judgments from inside and outside Gilead. We're going to listen to some real stories from real people and connect it to the world that Margaret Atwood created. First up, we have a story from Madison Donnelly about one of her friends. Her life isn't as perfect as it seems. Afterwards, we're going to Maggie Galloway telling us a tale from summer camp. Lastly, there's a story that I put together. My name is Bailey Picard, by the way from one of the girls that lives in my dorm. She had an interesting high school experience. It really bugged her. Hi, this is Madison. Today, we're listening to a story about my best friend, Kendra. Society thinks she's perfect, and she's the happiest and nicest person on the outside, but in reality, her life is crumbling because of her family issues. In Gilead, the handmaids believe the commander's wives' lives are so much better because of their social status. But really, Alfred realizes that though the commander's wives are more privileged in the society of Gilead, Gilead takes something away from the commander's wives that Alfred is able to retain by visiting the husband.
2: When everybody first meets me, they think that I have the most perfect life and that I'm this perfect girl and have it all going on because they see what's going on on the outside. They see my Instagram pictures or they see pictures on Facebook of my family and they think that we have this most perfect family and I come off with all these smiles and this bright personality and everyone thinks I, like, I'm so confident and have it all going on. But really that's completely not true. I don't know, once someone gets to actually know me like on the inside, then they can see that all of that's just like a cover-up for my actual life. I am the most insecure person you'll ever meet. I hate myself. I hate the way I look. I hate my body. I can't tell you one day where I've ever gone without like judging myself or thinking about the way I look or like criticizing myself. Um, and it's not even near perfect. It's so messed up my My mom won't even buy me a $200 mattress or food for the week. My family is just so freaking messed up. My mom won't let me talk to my dad and my dad won't let me talk to my mom. And if I do talk to my mom or I do talk to my dad, then the other parent doesn't talk to me. They cut me off. Lately, I've been talking to my mom more, my sisters more. So my dad threatened to stop paying for my college, and he took my car away, and he stopped feeding me, and he stopped paying for food. Dad's never really there for me. He only wants to make my mom mad. So then that's when he gives me more attention. And my mom doesn't really want to have a relationship with me either. She only does it to get back at my dad. That's why a lot of the time I live with my best friend or I sleep at my teacher's houses because I can't even stand to sleep at my own parent's house just because there's so much drama and chaos and yelling and fighting and screaming and I'm just so over it. I'm so done. All I want is like an actual family. That's my goal in life. I don't care about money. I don't care about a career. I don't care about where I live. All I want to be is the best mom and have the great husband to support me and that we can be a great team together because none of the other bullshit matters. I don't care about being privileged or money. At the end of the day, I just wish I had a normal family, a family where we could all eat Thanksgiving together or a family where the cops aren't at my house every other day or where I'm not crying every day because my dad's calling me a piece of shit. And when my family's not even there for me, Like, I'm just so lost. Like, I came from, I used to have this great family, and then when the divorce happened, like, all the walls just came tumbling down. And it just sucks, like, not having my mom or dad visit me at college or, I don't know, my mom or dad not even caring how I am. It makes me feel, honestly, really shitty to know that I'm never going to be good enough for either parent and that, like, they don't truly love me. It's all just a show to show that we have this perfect life on Facebook and Instagram
1: The Society of Handmaids in Gilead judge Serena Joy and our society judges Kendra for their wealth Though they are privileged their lives are far from perfect
0: Hey guys this is Maggie Our next story comes from Noah Cohen a freshman at Northwestern University He tells a story of his time at camp and how his assumptions about another camper helped him to learn more about himself. Sometimes you can understand someone without excusing their actions. In The Handmaid's Tale, Offred judges the commander based on his status in Gilead, but through their late-night Scrabble sessions, she's able to know him on a personal level. Even though she knows him personally, she still can't forgive his role in upholding Gilead, a system that oppresses her.
3: All right, so this, this story that I want to tell is the greatest lesson that I was ever given. I uh, was a counselor in training at my summer camp and a new kid came to camp. It was his first time in America. He was from Peru, I believe. And he was our age, but he was a camper. So all the counselors have camp names, like funny names. I forgot his real name, but as soon as he saw that everybody had a camp name, he said, my name is Shark. And he looked like a shark. He was built, just blaring blue eyes. He was just a very intimidating looking person. As soon as he steps onto property, he started telling people, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to fuck that counselor and that counselor in training. So he was starting for the next few days to be, like, talked to by the staff. So basically, we are coming back from the lake that we had. A counselor sat next to me. His camp name was Xerxes. This guy looks like a Greek god. He looks like a G.I. Joe action figure. He's a counselor. He's probably early twenty, He sits down next to me and he starts making conversation with me. I bring up this kid Shark. Like, he's already saying terrible things about all these girls. Like, the girls are afraid of him. The counselors are afraid of him. And Xerxes, he, he stops for a second and he goes, I understand. I get what you're saying. But think about it from his point of view. Your parents send you to a country that you don't know, where they speak a language that you don't understand too well, you come from a place where you're told that you need to be the strongest. Where his father, we found out this, his father told him that he, if he doesn't have sex with three girls in his time at camp, that he's a loser. Which is crazy. And then suddenly you're put in a place where everybody thinks you're an animal. If you treat somebody like an animal, they're going to act like an animal. And that really open my eyes. It's something that always is in the back of my mind. Like try to understand why people do the things that they do. Because nine times out of ten, it's not because they're a bad person. It's because they're put in a situation and they react the only way they know how to react.
0: Noah is studying radio, film, and television and is from Los Angeles, California.
1: Hey, it's Bailey again. So... I don't know if you remember a little character called Janine in The Handmaid's Tale, but she was humiliated and judged over and over again by the wives. Well, judgment is super dehumanizing. We have a story from Mackenzie Gents, a freshman at Northwestern University, tells a tale from high school. And yes, there are bugs included. It was my
4: junior year of high school, and I had to get some Santa hats for my orchestra concert. And I went to this pawn shop kind of place, and I got the Santa hats. Little did I know, I also brought bed bugs home with me that day. At least that's where we think we got them, we don't really know. The next few weeks, nothing much really happened, and then I got a bunch of bug bites one night. And I remember going up to my mom and I'm like, I don't usually get bug bites, like mosquitoes don't like me. We did, you know, the off spray and I had like socks on all night, which I hated. It just kept getting worse. You know, I was getting like half a dozen, to a dozen or more bites a night. They started spreading to like my hands and like my face and stuff. It was almost like dehumanizing, like to have that kind of experience because some people, especially people that know you make so many snap judgments about how things are going based on your appearance and if you have like literal like red lumps all over your body it's not going to go well so I was honestly pretty embarrassed about them because it was something only I was going through like my parents didn't have any problems my brother who's next door to me didn't have any problems I was very alone in it and that was the hard part. Continuing on we didn't really know what it was and I kept telling my mom it's bed bugs like I know it is. It was like two or three months when I was trying to like convince her to bring someone in because there was a problem at least I thought so because I was the only one experiencing anything at this point. She finally called a man and I told the exterminator I'm like I think I have bed bugs and he didn't believe me either he said I don't think you have bed bugs. Okay he got in my room I was like this is what's happening and he lifted up a picture frame and like A wall of bugs came out. Oh my gosh, it was insane. It's almost like you're going crazy when everyone around you is saying one thing, but you know it's another thing. My parents didn't believe me and the exterminator at first didn't believe me, but I knew so yeah I was kind of like being an inanimate object where you're just talked around instead of two personally I'm not like the most out there person or anything and I think that's why perhaps my cries were overlooked is because I wasn't adamant enough about it it was something that was really affecting me and I was more prepared to suffer in silence I think I'm more of an advocate for people who are going through similar experiences like I guess it comes back to like how you're using your time on this planet. Like, are you going to use your time to listen to people? Like, I think that's really powerful. Like saying that it's more important for me to be using my time to hear your story right now than doing anything else.
1: So now I turn the question to you. How are you using your time? Are you using it to judge other people? Or are you using it to learn their stories piece by piece? The audio piece you just heard was composed of individual pieces that were produced by Madison Donnelly, Maggie Galloway, and Bailey Picard.
0: Join us next time for more One Book, One Northwestern, the podcast.